יש לנו הערב זכות מיוחדת, ואני בכוונה אומר את הדברים בלשון הקודש, לכבודה של ארץ ישראל ולכבודה של ירושלים, שהרב הגאון רברלואן שליטה, גר בארץ ישראל, רב בירושלים, כמה מילים לפני שנשמע את דבריו הנפלאים של הרב. להגדיר את הרב, את כל פועלו, זה לא דבר קל, אבל אם צריך בדקה לתמצת, הרב אפשר לומר עליו, ונסביר את זה מיד, ממש בקצרה, תורה מהלכת, היסטוריה חיה ומסורה נאמנה. תורה מהלכת, תלמיד חכם מיוחד, למדן גדול, ראש ישיבה, שרי תורה במונסי, הקים את הישיבה, הספרים בלימוד, על המסכתות הישיבתיות, יצא בהוצאת מוסד הרב קוק, רק היום עיינתי באיזה סוגיה שמה, דברים נפלאים, ברורים ובהירים, שלא לדבר על בעל מחשבה עצום, למדן גדול, תורה מהלכת פשוטו כמשמעו, מי שמתקרב לרב רואה את זה. והיסטוריה חיה, הרב שליטא הביא לעולם באמת את החשיבות, איך להסתכל, זכור ימות עולם, בינו שנות דור ודור, ולראות שכל מה שקורה, לא רק שזה יד השם, זה גם נותן לנו איך להתבונן על מה שיקרה, על מה שיהיה. הרבה חזרו בתשובה רק בגלל השיעורים האלה. בזמן הצרות של רוסיה, הבריחו לרוסיה קלטות של הרב, את זה ביקשו שמה, כי זה חיזק אותם, חיבר אותם לכלל ישראל. ומסורה נאמנה, הרב רבו המובהק, מרבותיו המובהקים, רב חיים קרייזבין, זכר צדיק לברכה, גאון עולם, שכל גאוני הדור אמרו עליו שהיה גאון עולם. ושלא לדבר על קשר הדוק מאוד עם אפונוביץ' הרוב, שהרב היה רב במיאמי בשנים הראשונות, הקשר האדוק איתו וידידות נפש אדירה ומיוחדת, ולכן לרב יש את הזכות שחיבר ומחבר את כל חלקי היהדות, כל הסוגים. אגודת ישראל, ומזרחי, ודתי-לאומי, וממש כולם, וכל אחד בשפה שלו, בדיבור שלו, כי המטרה היא אחת, להרבות כבוד שמיים, ולראות שהכל זה השגחה פרטית. שיש כאלה עוצמות, וכזאת כמות של תורה, והשפעה על עשרות מאות אלפים במשך השנים, זה זכות גדולה לישיבה שהרב שליטא מכבד אותנו בדברי תורה לקראת חג הפסח. I don't want to disagree with Rav Goldvicht from his own base medrash, but uh, he and I know better. I have a, a personal connection to this great yeshiva, because my father, Zichron Levracha, uh, studied here in 1929 when Rav Shimon Shkop, Levracha, delivered shiurim here in the yeshiva. 
And my father has a smicha for Rav Moshe Salavechik, who was the Rosh Yeshiva then. And he was very close friends, first with Dr. Revels, Colonel of Rafa, and then later with Dr. Belkin. And uh, if I want to tell the stories out of uh, school, so to speak, I was once offered a uh, significant position here in the yeshiva by Dr. Belkin for various reasons. After I met with him, I decided that uh, I was not going to make that change. And as I left uh, his apartment on Central Park West and I came to the door, he called me back and he said, I'm going to make you a special offer. Now, I was coming from Miami Beach. I was never in New York. I didn't know uh, what it meant to live in this metropolis, if you call this living. <laughs> and uh, he said to me, I'll give you a bucher that'll move your car every day. <laughs> I looked at him like he was out of his mind. He's giving me a bucher to move the car. Only later did I understand what a perk that was. <laughs> And we, but we remained very good friends until uh, his death. And those were great people who built the yeshiva, Dr. Revel, Dr. Belkin, I mean, enormous people. At a time when people said it could not be done. Not only conservative and reform and secular said it could not be done, most of the orthodox rabbinate in America said it could not be done. And the story of Claudius Soil throughout the generations is the story of individuals who said it could be done. And that is how the Jewish world was built and continues to be built today. It's the month of Nisan. Rav Goldberg said that uh, he thought perhaps it would be appropriate to say some ideas regarding Pesach. So I'm going to share with you a general broad view that applies not only to Pesach, but applies generally to Jewish life and to each and every one of us individually. We read in the Haggadah, quoting Ram Gamliel, that there are three things that are mandatory to be absorbed on the Seder night, and that has to be recited. Pesach, Matzah, Mor. And then the Balagwada explains to us, Pesach, Hoshumah, what about Pesach, what about Matzah, what about Mor? So Pesach, Matzah, Mor are not just the mitzvot of that moment, but they are concepts which exist beyond the holiday as well. And in fact, the Loshan of the Haggadah is Yotzah Yedei Chovosan, that there's an obligation. Whenever I see the word Chovosan, I'm reminded of how the Mesulis Yeshore of Moshe Chaim Litzato begins his immortal Sefer, Ma Chovas Odom Bolomo. What are we doing here? The question that gnaws at us 
but that we hardly ever dare to face directly. Most people go through life without even thinking about it. Why am I here? I didn't ask to come. Most people don't ask to go either. And when I'm here, what am I supposed to do? Be a hedge fund manager? What am I supposed to do here? Machovas Odom Bolom. And the basis of Torah, the basis of Yahadut, the basis of Kal Yisrael is to address that question. To teach us what is our chov. What do we owe? So Pesach, Matzah, Amorah come to answer that in a general sense. The word Pesach, as we all know, Shuma, Sheposach HaKadosh Baruch Hu Abateinu Rabbanu Shalom skipped over us. He differentiated us. Now that's a very hard concept in today's modern world. Nobody likes to be different. I'm okay, you're okay, everybody's okay. Not even nice to say that I'm special. And here's a whole people who say they're special. Sgula Mikola Amin. There's a famous idea of the Ksav Sofer and the Psukim by Mountain Torah. So it says, Vihisimli Sgula Mikola Amin, Kili Kola Oretz. So he dissects the psukim as follows. And then it says the middle, It should say, Why is it interrupted in the middle? So he says, listen, that you're going to be special, that's got nothing to do with you. The world is mine. You know, it was a famous couplet by a British poet that said, how odd of God to choose the Jews. But that's what it is. Whatever the Jewish people do, we are never able to escape the fact that we are Zgula Mikalami. And if we don't believe it, then the rest of the world will convince us. So, Ve'atem Tiyuli, Mamleches Kani, Ve'goy Kadosh, he says, Ve'atem, if you want to do something, I did mine, I made you Zgula Mikalami. Ve'atem, you want to be something? You could be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That's up to you. Then it says, So Rashi says there, What does that mean? Not more, not less. So he interprets it to mean, 
Lo pachot, you'll never be less than zgula mikol ha'amim. No matter what. Allah will say, Jew, velo yoter, and you can never be more than mamleches kohanim v'goy kodosh. Those are the parameters. That's the borderline of Jewish life. That's where we find ourselves in that territory. So, Asher Posach, he picked us. As Botenu Hitzil, the Bechor Paro was killed, the Bechor Yisrael survived and made it to Har Sinai and to all eternity. The great uh, Lubliner Rav, Rav Meir Shapiro, the founder of Yeshiva, Chachmei Lublin, came here to New York in the 1920s. He was raising money to try and build the building which still exists in Lublin, though the Yeshiva no longer is there. And when he came back to Europe, it is reported that he was asked by Rabonim in Poland, what is his assessment of American Jewry? And that was at a time when America was the trafe in Medina. It was very, very difficult to be a Shomer Shabbos. I remember as a child growing up in my father's shul in Chicago, there was a Hashkoma minion. So today the Hashkoma minion, that's where God davens. But then the Hashkoma minion was 750 men that came Shabbos morning, davened, heard Kriyas HaTorah, the Haftorah, and then got on the trolley and went to work. Their children did not come to Ashkoma Minyan. And their great-grandchildren did not marry Jewish any longer. So to remain a Shomer Shabbos, people felt it was impossible in America. And I'm not telling you very ancient history, even though I am. But when I first became a lawyer before I repented. (laughs) So I was uh, working at a firm, Jewish firm in Chicago, on 1 North LaSalle Street. And uh, when I entered the firm, when I took the job, fresh out of the bar exam, I told them, you should know that I have to leave early Friday afternoons And Saturday, you cannot reach me, no matter what. And they said, oh, that's all right. You know, we... I was there three weeks, and the senior partner called me in, and he said, this Saturday we have a very large real estate closing, and we need every lawyer on our staff there, and you have to come. And I told them, I'm not coming. That was my agreement with you. So he said, well, find a rabbi that'll let you come. So I said, a rabbi that'll let me come is not a rabbi. (laughs) Needless to say, I didn't last long in the firm. 
But there were many, uh, I don't, I, I look back at it, I'm amazed because I didn't have a farthing, I didn't have a penny. I'm married, I have a child. I lose my job, what am I going to do? But I couldn't imagine that my grandfather and father would have any respect for me. So that was what America, so that was in the 1950s, in the 1920s it was worse. So they asked Rebeir Shapiro, what does he say about American Jewry? So he said a famous quip. He said, they know how to make Kiddush, they don't know how to make Avdolah. They know how to make Kiddush. They're Jewish. But they don't know how to separate themselves. And that remains until today. We say, Amadil ben Kodesh l'chol. There's a difference. There's a difference between Kodesh and Chol. It's not two subjects of two equal values. It's not two equal concepts in the world. There's Kodesh and there's Chol. Being Yisrael Amin, the Jewish people are different. We're not like everybody else. Again, if we don't believe so, so then the United Nations will convince us that we're different. It's amazing how the world sees us more clearly than we do. Most Jews in this country, they're Americans first, they're Democrats first, they're Republicans first, whatever they are. But they're Jewish second. Jewish section is not going to do it. Not for them or for the Jewish people. When the Novi Yonah was in the bottom of the boat, and they're ready to throw him overboard, and they asked them a whole bunch of questions. Where did you come from? What do you do? What a resume. He answered them two words. Ivri I'm a Jew. All the other questions are irrelevant. And that's my obligation in the world. I have a connection with God. So if you want to throw me overboard, throw me overboard. And Yom Shabbos remains the dividing line in the Jewish world. It has always been so. Also regarding witnesses, regarding everything else, it's the dividing line. Today, you know, uh, people tell me it's a half Shabbos I observe. Maybe this is Mutter, that's Mutter. 
There was a good Jew in Yerushalayim that I had the honor of knowing. Rav Goldvicht uh, knew him very well. Rav Rosenthal was the Rav in Shari Chesed. Old time Yerushalmi Jews. I always say, uh, the Gemara says, uh, I'll get back to it, don't worry. The, uh, the Gemara says on Rebbe, that they once say, Ask Rabbeinu HaKodosh, how come you're Rebbe? How come you're the editor of the Mishnah, you're the, the immortal Rabbeinu HaKodosh, where? Said it, so he answered them, he didn't say, you know, I went to this yeshiva, or I wrote this sefer, or I heard this sheer. He said, Pamachas Roisi as Rabbi Meir Meachorov. I once saw the back of Rabbi Meir. Ili Roisi Miponov, if I would have seen him head on, I would have been greater. So I can say it that I still saw the last of European Jewry from the back. I saw the Ponovizhirov, I saw the Satmirov, I saw David Lipschitz when I was 11 years old. He learned Chumash with me every Shabbos afternoon in Chicago. And if I got the Rashi right, he put a piece of sugar in my mouth and I still taste it till today. The Gemara says, Mayim Rabim lo yochlu lo yuchlu lechabos es ahavo. So the Gemara says, what is the ahavo? Zeh ahavo she'ohav Rabbi Yochanan es ha-Torah. Rabbi Yochanan loves Torah. So you have to taste the sugar. It's not just the intellectual exercise. So every time I see a Rashi and I see an inspiration in it, I taste Rabbi Lipschitz's sugar in my mouth. So that was what divided us, what made us special what gave each and every one of us a sense that we're special. The Panevich told me, he said that since the Holocaust, he said, he never slept the night afterwards. He said, but I dream. But I never lost the dream. The Satmarov never slept in a bed after the Holocaust. You would talk to him, and he would fall asleep on you. And two minutes later, he would wake up and start the conversation where it was left off. And the the whole day was like that, and the whole night was like that. So, Rabbi Meir Meachorov, I saw, I saw Rabbi Yaakov, I saw Rabbi Salavechik. If you see people, so then Torah takes on a different dimension. That's the importance of having a Rebbe. It's the importance of seeing people that you respect. 
It's not just the intellectual exercise. So if you would ask Rabbi Rosenthal a shaila, because I was the Rav in Rechavia next door, but if I got Rav Rosenthal, I'm not going to pass in the shaila, right? I, I would tell him, I would tell, you know, I'll be back to you in a few hours, and I would go see him. He never said kosher or not kosher, oser, mutter. He would say, it's not for you. And I thought, what a genius of an answer. Because that not only is personal, that tells me, If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, so it's not for me, so it's not for me to say, you know, I can find a heter. Or I can find an iser. It's for me to do what's for me. What builds my soul and my character. So Pesach comes to teach us Havdolah. The importance of being able to be Mavdil ben Kodesh Lachol. Ben Yisrael Amin. Teach us, us to make Avdola. If we're able to do that in our lives, then we've accomplished a great deal. And in our time when technology has taken over everything in our lives, and we don't have a moment's privacy anymore, I come from a blessed generation. We never had an, an iPhone, you know, if nobody could reach me. Today you're lonesome if nobody reaches you. Because you're left with yourself. And if you're left with yourself, then all of a sudden there are questions. Who am I? What am I? Why am I? That's why everybody is doing this all the time. Matzo teaches us Shalom he speak but say come la shalom that it was uh, they were in a hurry. Jewish people always in a hurry. The Gemara says that the Zdoki said hasty people. What do you mean? You said Nasev and Ishma. You didn't even hear what it's what, what he wants from you. Jews are supposed to be great negotiators. Hasty people. I saw a documentary not long ago. And uh, we're coming up now to the 69th anniversary of the establishment of the State of Israel, which is the greatest miracle, not only of our time, but of many, many times. There are no comebacks in history. Nobody ever came back. Not Rome, not Greece, nobody ever came back. Britain will never have Hong Kong again. I mean, here a bunch of shoemakers and tailors came and made a country. 
So I saw a documentary on uh, the original vote in the Jewish agency as to whether they declared a state of Israel or not. So the vote was six to four. It's enough to get you elected president of the United States, but it's not a reassuring, resounding declaration. And uh, what Ben-Gurion said then was, he said, so he said, he wants to say over, and that wasn't usual for him, he wants to say over a member from Rabbi Akiva. If not now, then when? It'll never be 10 to nothing. There'll always be at least 40% of the Jewish people that say no to anything. <coughs> Many of you will be uh, Rabbonim, Mechanchim, whatever, uh, leaders in your communities. Any good idea that you will have, there will be those that say no. We can't afford it. It's not popular. It's not necessary. It's too much. It won't succeed. So Matzah teaches us what the Gemara says, Mitzvah boli yodcho altach mitzena. You have a mitzvah to do, you have something good to do, do it! Because uh, that, uh, more than anything else, I can tell you, uh, I'm 60 years in the Rabonis. That is really the secret of any success. If you'll do it, uh, somehow it'll work. If you don't do it, it'll never work. And you cannot expect universal approbation for what you're doing. <coughs> so, matzah, terem yichmatz. Before it becomes chametz. Before you thought it over 50 times and saw all the reasons why not to do it. You know, uh, what, the Panevizhorov, when he passed away, the yeshiva was $5 million in debt. Because he had built and built and built. He owed every bank in Israel. It's amazing, they took him at his word. He used to tell him the famous... Uh, Quip that uh, they asked him, Rabbi, do you have any collateral? He said, I don't need collateral, I have the money. So they said, if you have the money, then what are you coming to us? He said, the money is still in the pockets of the Jews. I have to take it from them, but the money is there. So he owed $5 million. And uh, his son, Rabbi Avram, took over the yeshiva, 
And in my uh, less than expert opinion, I didn't see how he was going to pay it off. I didn't think he was his father. His father could take uh, money from a stone. I used to drive him in Miami Beach. We went to see somebody. The moment we came in the door, the man took out his wallet and put it on the, on the desk. He said, Rebbe, take what you want. So how are they going to pay it off? But in about five, six years, he told me that the entire debt was paid. So uh, I uh, foolishly said to him, uh, how did you do it? So he said, I don't know, it's very simple, he said. When my father was alive, I helped him. Now I work and he helps me. So there's always the concept that someone is helping you. You come to do good things, they'll help you. You have to do everything that you can. You can't say, you know, let God do it. But nevertheless, if you do, they'll help you. It's a proven fact. This building... This institution, all of the institutions of Torah that exist today. Mimi Lele Avraham Meniko Bonim Soro, who believed that such a thing could be? Because people did, and they helped. And that's Mitzvah Boliyoda Al Tach And finally, my friends, more. Moral is an essential part of life. None of us escape it. That's why we make a bracha over it. The Jewish people are experts on moral. But the question is, what happens after the moral? What do we do then? In the Haftorah that we will read on Cholamoid, Shabbos Cholamoid, Pesach, we have the great vision of the Novi Yechezka. He sees a valley of dry bones, skeletons. Because I'll say that they were those Jews that went out without authority from Egypt early, whatever. And in his vision... Uh, the Lord says to him, what do you see? He says, oh, I see all these bones. He says, will these bones ever come back to life? The Novi is non-committal. He says, Hashem you know, I don't. And the Lord says to him, you prophesy. And then he describes how the bones gather one to another and they form as a human skeleton. And then they dress themselves in muscles and sinews and skin. And then the great wind comes and blows life into them. They stand on their feet, a great large congregation, according to the Medrash, 30,000. 
great. So the Gemara asks, as it always does, then what happened? So what happened to these people? So there are two opinions in the Gemara. One opinion is, They stood on their feet, and they said, And then they all dropped dead again. That's it, one time. Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi Yehuda ben when he heard that in the base Medrash, he got up on his feet, the Omar, and he said, Chas that you should say that. Halo Animi b'nei b'neiyem. I'm descended from them. And look, Tfilin Shalavi Abu Biyodi, I have my Zedas Tfilin in my hand. Sadak Sam Sefer says, so what is the Vachlokas in Metzius? So Machok has the two opinions. One says they all dropped dead. The other says, no, look, he's very He yarshened their thrill. So he says a tremendous insight that we live in. He said both are true. There are Jews after Tchiyas Amesim that dropped dead again. Look what happened to us after the Shoah. Intermarriage. I don't even want to say all of the things that the Jewish world has spewed out. They all dropped dead again. And then there were Jews that said, No. I'm going to give that film to my grandson. I had the privilege last week of uh, putting on film on my great-grandson that I paid for. (laughs) Film Shalavi Abba Biyodi. That's the Jewish world today. That's, you know, there are those that have dropped dead on us because of the mortar. And there are those that have taken the morer and eaten it and swallowed it and rebuilt the Jewish people. We built it physically and spiritually, population-wise, built Eretz soil, built Torah. Those are our choices. The Rabboni Shalom always grants us options, choices. But the question that haunts us, uh, that should determine our choice, is that I began, So I want to thank you all for your attention. It's an honor for me to be here. I want to thank uh, especially Rav Goldzicht for his... First of all, for his son, Ravi Tiel, who is uh, my associate in Beit Knesset Anasi, 
and who is uh, one of the great upcoming stars in the Jewish world. And uh, I feel it a privilege to be able to work with him. And I want to thank you all, Chazak Ve'amatz, because the future belongs to you and what you will make of it and how you will build us and we'll be zochet together in this great month of Geula. Benisan Nigalu, Benisan Asidin Ligoyal. Asidin Ligoyal is that we'll think about Geula. That's our purpose. Goal Yisrael. To redeem us from our troubles and our enemies, our weaknesses and our failures. And we'll be zochet together to Nechomah Sion, Avinyan, Yerushalayim, and a chag kosher v'sameach. Thank you.